I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike, episode 33. We're joined in studio by two Uinta County commissioners. Uh, the commission there is made up of three commissioners. We have two-thirds of them here joining us. Uh, they, on Wednesday, voted to pass an ordinance. Uh, and I take note of that word, an ordinance, not a resolution. Uh, but this is something that has teeth. This changes the law of the land out there in Uinta County. And it uh, essentially disallows the enforcement of any state law, any federal law, which would infringe on the Second Amendment. And, and while Uinta County is the first to uh, engage in this type of behavior here in the state of Utah, uh, they're certainly not the first in the country. Uh, if you make your way over to Wikipedia, there's a whole write-up on this, and there's a map, a fascinating map, which this morning when I saw it for the first time, uh, it just blew my mind. As I looked at the different states, many of them in the west, uh, Idaho, you'll see the whole uh, map is colored in every single county. Uh, there are parts of uh, Wyoming and all around New Mexico, Nevada, a lot of places where you think folks are of this mind, uh, you're going to find that their county commissions have taken this type of action to uh, ensure, at least for the folks that are, are, are Second Amendment enthusiasts and firearms hobbyists and the like, that they will not be uh, hampered by by firearms regulations. Now, uh, a little piece of trivia. So I heard as I was listening to, and again, w- welcome to uh, Bart Haslam and Bill Stringer who join us here from the Uinta County Commission. Grateful to you gentlemen for, for making the drive all the way from Vernal here just for me. Well, not a problem. <laughs> Just a quick little th- three-hour, four-hour uh, round-trip trip. Uh, so here's my little bit of trivia. So I, uh, and I hate to admit this because uh, it maybe uh, diminishes my bona fides here in the state of Utah, but I grew up uh, until I was about uh, 18 in western New York. And uh, I, is, I lived in Livingston County. Just north of Livingston County is Wyoming County. And my first job in radio was at a country western AM station uh, in Warsaw, New York. Uh, Warsaw is the county seat for Wyoming County. Mm-hmm. And if you look on the, on this map where it has each uh, county colored in, uh, those counties who have passed these ordinances that you gentlemen uh, in your county have passed, uh, the one county in New York State uh, which has taken this type of action is Wyoming County. That's great. Uh, where my little radio career started. So anyway, that's from the Lee Lonsbury trivia. But that's not why you're here. Uh, you are here to talk about what you have done in Uinta County. And it is to, as we've described, pass this ordinance. Uh, now, what I want to talk to you about is, as we've seen on the map, you know, this idea spreads kind of like wildfire. We're here in Utah. Uh, a good number of folks that are of the mind to, that, that you gentlemen have that uh, the Second Amendment is important. And uh, a lot of these efforts, uh, exemplified by what happened recently out in uh, Virginia, 
uh, feel that those rights are under attack. Let me ask you this. As you have undertaken this endeavor to pass this ordinance uh, unanimously on Wednesday, have you have you heard from other counties in the state of Utah? Will this spread? Uh, yes, we have. We've, we've heard um, myself. I've heard from 19 different counties that I have actually sent our ordinance over over to for their review um they i don't know what actions they will take but but they were all excited and wanted to have a copy of it to see if it fit their county and something they'd like to look at help me with the geography uh 19 counties you are one so that's 20 how many total here in utah do we have 29 29 right Mm -hmm. that's a healthy percentage and that's just me i mean there's three commissioners so sure i don't know how many so we don't know. We don't know what the respective commissioners from these uh, each of these counties think or feel. But uh, whatever it is, uh, they have this issue has piqued their interest sufficient to ask you for a copy of what you're up to. Yes. I, one thing. I mean, the interest level in it has been so great as as we've posted it the first time on on Facebook on on our web page or our our Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, most of your posts, you know, reactions in a small town like that might be two or 3,000 people. Yeah. In 20 hours, we were at uh, 21,000 reactions. And I think it's at like forty-five or 50,000 reactions now. Mm, how about them? So it's going good. L- let me ask you this. Help me with, uh, you know, I'm no constitutional scholar. How, it, it, on its face, it seems odd. That a county is able to uh, assert this type of behavior. It, uh, in, in my again, you know, ignorant mind, uh, you see, you've got the big federal government that tells all the states uh, what to do, and then you have the states that tell all the counties what to do. How is it that you're able to shout up and say, "Nah, we're not interested in following uh, what laws you're trying to impose upon us"? Well, we're not constitutional scholars either, but I, as I look. Back at a long career of civil service, I have sworn on three or four separate occasions to uphold the Constitution of the United States, whether it was when I went into the military or when I came to work sworn in as a commissioner. And so I don't think that that's the duty of the United States to keep reinterpreting the Constitution on based on a new Congress based on something else, that that is 200 and plus years of, of being fairly straightforward. The last reinterpretation by um, Chief Justice Rehnquist on the Second Amendment seems pretty clear, and we are just following that, and I guess we're not sure why everybody else isn't either. I would like to think that everyone in public service has taken that same oath to uphold the Constitution. And if so, um, we should all be on the same page. Let me ask you this. Uh, This is a preemptive act, as you've described it. Uh, There aren't necessarily laws on the books right now that you are going to begin ignoring. But I am aware, in particular, uh, the efforts of, uh, say, Steve Handy up on the hill here in Utah's capital. He has, uh, for the past number of years, to include this year, uh, is working on one of these red flag laws. Uh, Have you had any interactions with state legislators? And if not, what's the message that this act on your part sends to them? I haven't had any any conversations um, with state legislation at all. Um, but what I have done and, and what I look at is, is it is our right. It's a Second Amendment right. It's our right to own or bear arms. And, but that also gives you the right not to if you don't, if you don't want to. 
And that's what we're looking at. We're not trying to force it upon anybody that everybody has a gun. It's We're just looking at enforcing the right to, if you'd like to carry or have, great. If not, don't. Well, and back to the issue of being preemptive, it, it's more a matter of not what is out there looming in our state. In fact, frankly, if if I could be sure that Utah would retain the character it has now, I'm not sure it would have been as necessary. But I've lived in northern Virginia in, in the 1980s, lived in Colorado, and I have... I. As when I lived in those places, I never thought I would see what is going on in Virginia today. And so I don't, as I said, if Utah were static, not a dynamic state, I wouldn't be concerned. But I don't know if we're one election or five elections away from something that might be similar. And rather than be reactive and defensive, we're, we're just stating our position today. Outstanding. Uh, gentlemen, I'm grateful to you for coming in. I'm fascinated by this concept. I'm fascinated by what you've done. And in particular, I'm fascinated to see what comes next. I'm anxious to see of these 19 folks that have reached out to, uh, to you, Commissioner, and maybe those uh, others who have reached out to the other commissioners, uh, what they decide to do, if anything. Uh, it, we'll see if, uh, if on that map we see there on the Internet if more of the counties here in the state of Utah get filled in. Our guests this segment have been uh, Bart Haslam and Bill Stringer, both Uinta County commissioners who on Wednesday, along with their other, the third commissioner, voted unanimously to pass uh, not a resolution, but an ordinance. They changed the law in Uinta County, making it uh, a crime to enforce any uh, any firearms regulations that may be imposed on us that would infringe on the Second Amendment in Uinta County, at least. Uh, a fascinating concept. Thank you, gentlemen, for uh, for making the drive. Now, in full disclosure, I took advantage of you folks being here in town already. Uh, but uh, let me just, uh, for the sake of my own vanity, think, wow, they drove all the way out here for me. I must be some kind of big shot. There you go. Uh, Commissioners, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Listen, in the next segment, we're going to cover some tough stuff. There's a KSL television reporter, uh, Garna Mejia. She is up in Idaho. She's covering a story uh, about a woman who it's believed by law enforcement knows the whereabouts of her children, and she is being resistant to share that information. Uh, We're going to follow that. We're going to talk to her upcoming here on the program. That's all upcoming here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.